Good evening, and thank you for enjoying it with a six-pack. The Scani Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing the, you the top stories in Wisconsin sports every single day. I'm your host, Kedrick Summers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Kedrick Summers and follow the podcast at Scani Six-Pack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. Programming note off the top, I know I said on Friday that you were going to get this earlier today. Um, my apologies if you follow the podcast on Twitter at Scani Six-Pack you would have seen that I was feeling a bit under the weather last night. I uh, had to head to bed early, had to sleep in a bit, try to recover, feeling a little bit better uh, this afternoon, this evening, and hoping to bring you the best content I can. Believe me, uh, this would have sounded a lot worse if you would have heard, had to hear my voice this morning as I recorded it. But we're powering through because this was a great weekend. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers won a series 2-1 to against the Cardinals this weekend. A series I was very fortunate to be able to attend all three games of, or very fortunate to attend two games of, uh, depending on how you look at it. Obviously fortunate uh, enough to get to the ballpark any day uh, you could get there, but the two wins were a lot more entertaining to be at than the two losses. Uh, the Brewers really dominated on Friday night and looked in control uh, throughout Sunday as well. On Friday, uh, Brandon Woodruff threw into the sixth inning and looked really solid, giving up just four hits as the Brew Crew won 4-0. to zero. Of course, the Milwaukee Brewers downing their City Connect jerseys with the Brew Crew uh, name on the front. Eowyn Willie Adamas hit a home run, and Christian Yelich walked twice but didn't record a hit as Yelich, you know, kind of struggles to get his bearings underneath them, getting on base but not getting the ball in play and getting onto base safely. Uh, overall to start the year. Eric Lauer then took the mound for the crew on Saturday and kind of threw a bit of a stinker. Uh, the Brewers also didn't score in that game, and Milwaukee lost 6-0 to the Cardinals. So the Brewers are undefeated in games that Milwaukee scores a run in so far this year. has uh, taken their lumps with a couple of losses, but in those losses have not scored runs. So the Eric Lauer gave up two runs in the first inning, and then four other runs in the third inning. Craig Council allowed Eric Lauer to pitch four innings, but I thought it was a bit curious because Eric Lauer never really looked like he had it from the jump. Uh, he has not had impressive velocity on his fastball to start the year, uh, even in spring training. That's not been a hallmark of, of his. He, he was not a hallmark of his. He didn't really have it going early on. He's not a top, top velocity pitcher, but really has struggled to start the year overall. And obviously, this is just an April ball game. But I kind of wish that we'd have seen Craig Council go to the bullpen a bit earlier, especially since his big pieces, you know, your Devin Williams of the world, hadn't been needed in a few days with no close games or no save opportunities. Overall, would have been kind of nice to see Craig Council get somebody going in the pen early on when Eric Lauer was just clearly struggling, clearly wasn't his day. Uh, you know, it's April. It's not an elimination game, not in the end of the world, but you just kind of wonder if uh, this is a game later in the season and you see the same kind of performance from a starting pitcher and the Brewers are in the midst of a pennant race. Does Craig Council manage that team a bit differently? I think it's going to be something interesting to at least look at because it will give us good insight to how council manages throughout the year, whether or not that approach changes. Well, t tells us a lot about Craig Council, which I think we know the answer to that already is yes, uh, he will manage that game differently, but something to look out for. 
Uh, on also a note for Saturday, this game was packed. This was the most crowded I have seen Miller Park or American Family Field. It was very crowded, and the <laughs> the coined Giannis effect really brought fans out in full force as many people wanted that uh, basketball jersey with the Antetokounmpo name and number 34 on the back in the Brewer's City Connect uh, design on the front. There were fans lined up way, way out from the gates before the ballpark even opened to fans to start the game. You know, the home plate gate line actually went out uh, beyond Hellfire Field to start the game. You, you really had to get in line early for this one or you were you were missing out there were fans all over this was the most crowded i have seen the concourse at american family field in a long time and like uh, and i've been to a playoff game there i was at uh one of the divisional round games against the braves uh and there was nothing nothing like this when i was there for that game it, it was truly something to to behold and then on sunday much easier going game Easter Sunday still a very solid crowd and the roof is open for the first time in the year we got the roof open at American Family Field on April 9th really fantastic weather nice sunny day really nice day to get out and get to the ballpark and Freddie Peralta who was the starting pitcher for the Brewers looked great again he got six full innings work I kind of thought he was gonna get pulled after the fifth because Craig Council tends to do that but Freddie's velocity was not dipping yet. Fastball Freddie threw over 100 pitches and only allowed four hits, three walks, and one run. But he had seven strikeouts in those six innings of work as the Brewers won 6-1. to one. A couple of not notable performances from guys on Sunday. Garrett Mitchell had a bit of a rough day. He went over 4 with three strikeouts. You know, the kids are cooling off a little bit, coming back down to earth as... We see pitchers get scouting reports on these guys. They're going to go through, I think, some waves, some cycles of seeing, all right, these big league pitchers are figuring out these hitters. Can the hitters go back to the toolbox and come back with more stuff and readjust? That's going to be the the kind of indication of whether or not these guys are really big league hitters or not. And we'll get to see that, and hopefully it'll ebb and flow over the course of this season because that's kind of what you would expect. Uh, Roddy Telez batted with runners in scoring position three times, finally, finally connected on one uh, all the way back out into the seventh inning here. I'm taking a look at my um, scorecard notebook in front of me uh, for the Sunday game to make sure this is correct. Also, noting real quickly, what a great crowd on Sunday. Yeah, not as crowded as Saturday, but just these day games, these Sunday day games, Easter Sunday, you get some really solid fans. There were three or four other people that we were sitting by for this game, also keeping scores on their own scorecards. Just always great to see knowledgeable baseball fans following along with the game. Just fantastic stuff. But Roddy Telez batted with runners in scoring position three different times, finally connected in the seventh inning there for a double, um, or a two RBI double, and that pushed the crew, you know, gave them a very solid, safe lead pushing it from that 4-1 lead to the 6-1 lead and pretty much icing the game away. Willie Adamas had a fantastic game. Uh, he went 3-4 for four in his at-bats, also had a 2-RBI double himself and a home run, but Christian Yelich was, uh, I think, the best, most notable performance overall. You know, Rowdy Telez has struggled at the plate to start the year, 
only he's only batting 160 right now. And Christian Yelich, even though he's gotten on base in each of Milwaukee's nine games this season, you want a bit more from him. And he had a single to lead off in the first. You know, great for Christian Yelich to get on base in that leadoff role. That's what you want him to be doing in that leadoff role. You hope that he can continue to put himself on the base in that in that leadoff role. It, it seems to be what's working best for him. Obviously, plenty of folks wanted to do more considering what he's being paid, but you take the Christian Yelich you have, not the Christian Yelich you wish you had. And so after that leadoff single in the first, he singled again in the third to advance Joey Weimer, who walked off, who walked to lead off the inning. Uh, so Christian Yelich's single in the third took Joey Weimer from first to second, and then Willie Adamas knocked home Weimer and Yelich with that two RBI double that I mentioned just a bit before, thanks to Christian's setup single there as well. And then also we had the seventh inning. Christian Yelich hit his first homer of the season getting it going for the crew really really fantastic stuff to see um just phenomenal phenomenal for Christian Yelich to get going a little bit he said you know the team has that uh cheese head they keep in the dugout as their um home run icon home run mascot of sorts he said that has been the first time he's donned a foam cheese head since living in Wisconsin or ever, really, which I guess I found kind of interesting, but good for him to finally get to wear it. Good for him to finally get one over center field there and just crush the ball. Really fantastic stuff. So the Brewers now stand at 7-2 and two on the season. They have a one-game lead on the Pirates for the NL Central, and the Cardinals are in last place. They are four games back of the Milwaukee Brewers, and that means that the Cardinals got some fighting to do. It's what I said on Friday. Every single one of these divisional games matter, and the Cardinals find themselves much further back in the division standings than they would have liked to find themselves waking up on April 10th. So Milwaukee putting themselves in good position as they start a road trip out west. They have a three-game series tonight, at the, starting tonight at the Arizona Diamondbacks, where you can watch that game at 8.40 p.m. on Valley Sports Wisconsin, and then... After their three-game series against the Diamondbacks, the crew will take on the Padres and the Mariners before returning home to host the Red Sox on Friday, April 21st. But tonight, Wade Miley takes the mound for Milwaukee as he faces Arizona right-handed pitcher Zach Gallen, the number one starting pitcher for Arizona, who has 10 strikeouts and just over 10 innings of work this season. Pitched on opening day and got one other start. Uh, he's allowed nine earned runs as well. And so the Diamondbacks sit at 6-4, and four, tied atop with the Padres for the NL West lead, each having just one game up on the Dodgers. And the Diamondbacks are just a, one of the handful of teams, along with the Brewers this year, who have yet to lose a series. So should be a good tilt between uh, some NL Central and NL West teams as we gear up here for uh, a long road trip before getting some home cooking again to close out the month of April. Uh, moving along for the Milwaukee Bucks end of the regular season. Bucks lost a couple of games this weekend that had no consequence overall for the Bucks to end the season. Friday at home in the home finale against the Grizzlies, the Bucks lost 137 to 114. But Lindell Wiginton, who I said he'd get some good minutes on this podcast on Friday, he made the most of them. The G League two way contract 
player, recorded 25 points and 11 assists in his first NBA start. That makes him the first NBA player to have 25 or more points and 10 or more assists in their first NBA start since the older Isaiah Thomas on October 30th, 1981. So really great stuff from Lindell. And then on Sunday, the Toronto Bucks beat the Milwaukee Bucks 121 to 105. But Bobby Portis was named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week earlier today. It was the first time he has earned such an award in the final four games of the season. Last week, he averaged 20.7 points, 12.3 rebounds on shooting 44.7% from the field and shot 59.1% from three. Really, really great stuff from big game Bobby from the sixth man of the year. He had five threes on Tuesday against the Wizards and then six threes on Wednesday against the Bulls, the game that the Milwaukee Bucks clinched the number one overall seed in the playoffs. That's the first time in Bobby Fortis's career he has made five or more threes in back-to-back games. So, I don't know, just give this man a sixth man of the year award, please. I think it is just obvious what a spark plug he has been to this team. Really fantastic year overall by Bobby Portis. You know, I'd like to see him get the sixth man of the year award. Obviously, I'd like to see Brooke Lopez win the defensive player of the year award. But if I have to pick one of the three, oh, good gracious, just give Giannis the MVP. It This shouldn't even be close. I am seeing so many people out there say we're going to look back on this period and wonder why Joel Embiid did not win more MVPs. So we got to give him one. If we did the same thing in the NFL that voters now are seemingly going to do in the NBA, Drew Brees would have an MVP award, would probably have two. Enough. Enough. Just because Joel Embiid is very good does not make him the most valuable player in the league right now. He is in a league that somewhat devalues his position at the center and there are just guys who are more valuable around him who have more skill sets who are able to do more for their team and Giannis Antetokounmpo is undoubtedly that for his team um enough about the Giannis needs to win MVP tirade but yeah give give the Eastern Conference player of the week Bobby Portis a six man year award while you're at it absolutely uh so the Milwaukee Bucks have finished their regular season and now await the results of the Eastern Conference playoff play-in tournament to find their first-round playoff opponents from. And those games will begin on Tuesday, where the team that finished 8th in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks, will travel to face the team that finished 7th in the Eastern Conference, the Miami Heat. And they will play Tuesday night at 6.30 p.m. Central. That game will be televised on TNT. The winner of that game advances to face the two-seed. The loser of that game faces the winner of the Chicago Bulls and Toronto Raptors, who play Wednesday at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN. And then those two teams will play uh, on Friday at 6 or 6.30, and the winner of that game faces the Bucks. So Tuesday, the Hawks and Miami play. The loser plays the winner of the Bulls and the Raptors, and then the winner of either the Hawks in Miami or Bulls and Raptors ultimately will face the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of the NBA playoffs. And we have some of our playoff schedules set for the first round. We have game one set for the Milwaukee Bucks will be on Sunday, April 16th, 
time to be determined. This will likely be televised on Bally Sports Wisconsin and the remaining game dates for the first round of the NBA playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks are to be determined. If you want to get to a Bucks playoff game, do it in the first round because those tickets are going to get more expensive. Get out to a playoff game. You said, sorry, reading something in front of me as I'm looking at somebody else complaining uh, about people not voting for Giannis for MVP. Uh, I'm talking the town today. But get to an NBA playoff game. Should be a great atmosphere. Should be a great way to see the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and if you want to get tickets, I get all of my tick pick, all of my tickets on TickPick. This is not an ad. It is just a service I love. And I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. I am looking at the get-in price for the game on Sunday. And then the game two game for the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. We're looking at $54, $55 to get into Pfizer Forum. Oh, even cheaper than that. If you bid uh, some, yeah, we're looking at $51 for game two is the get-in price. So get there. You're not going to get a ticket cheaper than that. It's just going to get more expensive as we get closer to uh, game day there. So get there. Buy your tickets on TickPick. I want you to save money on your next ticket purchase. So when you use TickPick, you will never pay service or delivery fees like you will on other ticket-selling apps. And it comes with TickPick's best price guarantee. If you find a better price somewhere else for the same ticket you see on TickPick, TickPick will refund you twice the difference in credit toward your next purchase. Plus, if you use my link in the podcast description, you'll save $10 on your first order. So go to the Google Play Store, go to the Apple App Store, download the TickPick app, and use the link in my podcast description to save $10 on your very first order to go see Milwaukee Bucks play playoff basketball on Sunday, or whenever the heck game two is going to be. So, that is all for today's edition of the Scotty Six Pack. Follow us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to start every day with everything you need to know in Wisconsin sports. While you're there, leave a nice review, five stars, kind comments, tell some folks what you like about the show. Helps the show grow, and will allow me to produce even better content for you, the listeners. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Kendrick Stumbris, on Wisconsin.